0: You're listening to Cancer Covered.
1: Oh, he is a miracle baby. He is such a gift from God. To make a double special, he is the most happy child. He is always smiling. He just looks at you with with love. And Alisa sends us pictures about every two hours of him. And one of my comments this week was, if we would have known six years ago, that we would be at this moment today. It would have made it an easier journey.
0: You're listening to Cancer Covered with Green Bay Oncology, where we explore pressing cancer issues and look for ways healthcare professionals, patients, and their families can cope better together. I'm Dr. Mitch Winkler.
2: And I'm Kyla King.
0: And we're your hosts.
2: In our last episode, Elisa shared her experience as a cancer survivor while still in college and how that disrupted her life. Though the experience led to a new career path, working as part of the Green Bay Oncology team and helping patients like herself, her cancer and its treatment created barriers to her lifelong goal of becoming a mother. To better understand Elisa's diagnosis, and the fertility complications that can occur for many cancer patients, I sat down with Dr. Tony Jeslowski. Tony, you're one of Elisa's oncologists and her work colleague. What exactly was Elisa's diagnosis?
0: It was stage 2 breast cancer, and it was HER2 positive. It was affecting her lymph nodes at initial diagnosis, and she actually received what's called neoadjuvant uh, chemotherapy. Chemotherapy given before the surgery itself, she went on to have surgery, and then she had radiation, and she was treated with hormonal drugs, tamoxifen.
2: Explain Elisa's diagnosis and how common it is in women her age.
0: Yes, Elisa was diagnosed with breast cancer at a very early age. For breast cancer, it's one of the more common diagnoses for women, but usually the median age for breast cancer in women is usually in their late 50s, mid-60s. It's not common in women under the age of 40 and it's very uncommon in women under the age of 30 years old. She initially presented with kind of a nonspecific lump in her breast. It was actually felt on a routine exam. Her gynecologist just noted that there was just some thickening there in the breast and not really sure they thought it was possible related to her menstrual cycle. Sometimes the breast can get a little lumpy, uh, a little bit more dense during the menstruation. And it was noted and it was felt, well, let's keep an eye on it. Eventually, it led to further imaging. And on imaging, they actually saw a discrete mass that looked very suspicious. But for breast cancer in a woman that age, it's very unlikely. The statistics are, depending on who you read, somewhere between one in 200, one in 500, where in general, women get diagnosed with breast cancer. Over their lifetime, it's about one in eight chance.
2: You see a lot of patients day to day. Is it different taking care of cancer patients that are younger?
0: Each cancer patient has their own story their own life circumstances, what they struggle with. For younger patients, you always worry how it's going to affect them for the rest of their lives. For an older person, a person in their 80s, they've lived their life, they've done things that they want to do, but in someone in their 20s, they're just starting their life. They, they have plans, they have ideas, and to be affected with cancer, it really throws a a big roadblock into what they can do, it creates major obstacles, it could impact their work, it could impact what they want to do in life. And depending on the aggressiveness of the disease, it could actually end up leading to their early death. Taking care of someone younger, it is a lot more challenging.
2: What are the unique challenges a younger patient might face during treatment?
0: The unique challenges are the toxicities of the chemotherapy. Depending on the type of cancer they have, we choose certain chemo regimens to help them to fight the cancer, and we have to be cautious. Some of our drugs can cause some permanent side effects. The usual side effects of chemotherapy, like hair loss, usually is reversible. Lowering of the blood counts usually is reversible. The nausea that they experience is reversible. But the permanent side effects that we worry about with chemotherapy would be damage to the nerves, any type of neurologic effect. There's been a whole lot of research and it's still not clearly understood how chemotherapy affects brain function. It's something that's still an ongoing process. And then we worry about a big thing, especially for Elisa, would be how it would affect her fertility. We do know certain chemotherapy drugs can cause infertility in younger women in an age percent of like 20 up to 60%. So it's something that we advise and we talk early on how it's going to affect their lives.
2: Are there any things that can be done to help preserve the fertility?
0: We, we definitely use different agents certain drugs are more prone to cause infertility. And depending on the type of cancer, you may have some options there. We now have been using what's called GNRH analogs to basically shut down the ovaries during chemotherapy to see if that would preserve ovarian function. Some people will actually undergo egg harvesting, before chemotherapy if there is time to do that, or some people will actually have part of their ovary removed and frozen to be reimplanted at a later time. For our male patients, we can do sperm banking before the chemotherapy is given.
2: How has treatment of breast cancer in younger adults evolved over the course of your career?
0: Well, I've been doing cancer care now for 30 years, and I have seen a revolution on how we're able to understand the aggressiveness of the disease at initial diagnosis. We use certain markers. We definitely use what's called estrogen receptor status, progesterone receptor status, and then the HER2 status. Depending on the type of cancer, if it's a estrogen receptor positive, HER2 negative, there's other tests that can be run, such as Oncotype. With those tests, then you can help define how aggressive that cancer may behave, and you can utilize certain regimens to direct it towards the aggressiveness of the disease. The other thing through my career is understanding that HER2-positive tumors can behave a lot more aggressively. Through that understanding, there's development of what's called a monoclonal antibody, an antibody that can specifically attach to the HER2 receptor and basically neutralize that and take that aggressiveness away from the tumor. Wow. The other thing that we've learned, too, is that Utilizing chemotherapy before surgery may also be very helpful. It helps us define how well the chemotherapy is working. We give the chemotherapy, and then the surgery is done, and then we can see how good of a response did the chemotherapy uh, demonstrate with that disease itself. And that's something that's also been changing through my career.
2: Wow. So every day when you come to work, you're frequently working right alongside Elisa now. You're not only just part of her care team and her oncologist, you're also a coworker. What's that like?
0: Elisa is a very special person. You could tell by her life story and what she's been able to do. And she is a type of person that takes it in stride. She's able to come to work and be a very professional medical assistant, able to function within the clinic. I would say it's not everybody. They can do everything that Elisa does. She is definitely a, a super person. And to me, I don't consider it odd working with her. I consider it an honor. To me, she's one of my heroes to see someone go through all that she's done and still have a good attitude, a very positive attitude, and something that, and that's what's driven me to to stay as an oncologist is working with patients like Elisa. It really warms your heart every day.
2: Is there any added pressure?
0: The concern is, and I know Elisa thinks about this once in a while, is could there be cancer lurking again? Could it come back? And it's something that we all struggle with in life. We worry day to day what's going to happen to us, but you just have to learn it's part of us, and we just have to take it in stride.
2: What inspires you about Elisa's journey?
0: Everything that, that she's done, it, it, being a young person, being afflicted with very aggressive breast cancer, seeing her go through her treatments, she definitely took it in stride. The treatments can be tough, the, the tiredness, the nausea, the, the hair loss, all those aspects are, are something that, that we definitely look at with her.
3: No one should carry the burden of cancer alone. And while every physician approaches cancer with their own unique skill set, we all agree on this one simple idea. Hi, I'm Dr. Gaiu, a physician at Green Bay Oncology. The truth is, a cancer diagnosis can make you and your loved ones feel isolated and overwhelmed. And these moments are exactly when you need support the most. That's why all our doctors rely on the support of our team of qualified medical professionals and here's two of them.
2: Hi, I'm Madison Young.
3: And I'm Tom Beckers. As social workers, we see how meaningful connection brings strength and healing to patients and loved ones facing cancer every single day.
2: Our patients and physicians agree, sharing your experience in a safe space with others is powerful and therapeutic.
3: That's why we offer a free monthly virtual and in-person cancer support group facilitated for you, wherever you are on your cancer journey. So whether by internet, phone, or in person, you'll have access to the support of a community on a similar path. To join us, visit gboncology.com and click on support.
2: Can you share a little bit about your fertility journey and when you decided you wanted to start going down that path and exploring what options were available to
4: you? About three years ago, decided to start looking into starting a family Just went through the egg retrieval process twice, which was a bunch of medications, injections, and both times the egg retrievals were unsuccessful. So after that, I felt at a loss. I had been looking into using a surrogate at that time with the egg retrieval just because Dr. Jazowski and Dr. Milo, who actually is the OBGYN who found my breast lump, they decided for safety reasons that it would be better to use a surrogate. So after the egg retrievals failed, we were at a standstill and had looked into adoption a little bit, and then Dr. Milo suggested using a donor egg. So met with Dr. Gieslowski, we discussed it, Dr. Jislowski, Dr. Milo discussed it and decided that I would have my ovaries and tubes removed and then we would proceed doing egg donor IVF which is a pretty lengthy process, contacted our fertility clinic in Minnesota, and they have an online egg donor bank, which you can look through. It has pictures of the donors as children and adults, family history, medical history, social history. I spent a lot of time researching the donors. Physical appearance, having the child look somewhat like me, was important. Then we narrowed down the donor, and she went through the whole egg retrieval process, which took about a month and a half, two months. Then I began IVF medications to prep your body for an embryo transfer. We ended up having a successful egg donor IVF pregnancy, which resulted in the birth of our son Bodhi in, at the end of January of this year. And at that time
2: when he was born, how many years out were you from your initial cancer
4: diagnosis? I was out five and a half years.
2: That's a lot of big life changes over the course of five years. You had college, a career change, a cancer diagnosis, multiple surgeries, radiation, and then a pregnancy. That was something that initially was maybe not 100% guaranteed that would happen. What does Bodhi represent and mean to you?
4: I think he's a miracle. I call him a miracle all the time. He's everything I've ever wanted in life.
2: What would you want him to know about everything you had to go through to realize him?
4: I would do it again in a heartbeat.
2: Mary Jo, what has it been like for you having Bodhi?
1: Oh, he is a miracle baby. He is such a gift from God. To make it double special, he is the most happy child. He is always smiling. He just looks at you with, with love. And Alisa sends us pictures about every two hours of him, and one of my comments this week was, If we would have known six years ago that we would be at this moment today, it would have made it an easier journey. But gosh, look what's happened. Like such a blessing, such a gift. It does help make all of the, the trials and struggles more of a distant memory. I just had a friend say to me this week that they were talking about, everyone was talking about their grandchildren, and they said, well look at everything and Lisa went through and I just like, like what? <laughs> and they said, Well, her cancer and, and all of that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, but Bodhi's wonderful now. Oh, we're we're blessed. I I, I think it makes you forget a little bit about the painful years Is now we're moving forward. And I just think about I was telling Elisa yesterday, I think of his milestones. He's rolling now and and pretty soon he's gonna get his knees under him and start crawling and He's starting to eat some food, and we're just, we're vested more now into Bodhi and his future than the past, the pain of the past.
2: Looking forward is Mm -hmm. important, Mm -hmm. and I think new life from the tragedy and everything is, what better example to have that turning point to move forward than a baby?
4: Bodhi's dad's mother passed when he was 10 of breast cancer. So I definitely think she had some power up there to help him come into the world.
2: In closing, Alisa, what would you want to say to young women or young mothers or future mothers that are facing something very similar to you of cancer diagnosis, the potential of not being able to have their own children?
4: Take each day, one day at a time, and just know that no matter how you become a mother, you're going to love that baby with your whole
0: entire heart. Thanks for joining us on Cancer Covered. Please let us know what you think by leaving a review. To learn more, read our blog, request an appointment, search available clinical trials, or even apply to become a member of the team, go to gboncology.com.